BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm Taylor, guys. It's a solo episode this week because I've got lots to say and I don't want anybody to interrupt me. I would like all of the limelight. Me! No, you know, I really do like conversing. Do I like interviewing people? The answer is no. I actually really don't like interviewing people because it's all about them and... I really struggle with not making it all about me. This actually goes way back into the Cosmo radio days when I was at Sirius XM radio. Um, I remember Cosmo had like a meeting with me. And I, I mean, when we first started on Sirius, we were just like reading the magazine aloud. And then like they finally gave us like the green light to talk about our lives and stuff like that. And then once I got the go on that, forget it. I was like, me, 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 But then we started getting like a shit ton of celebrity interviews because we had a great talent department at Sirius. And um, then I would have these interviews, but like <laughs> I still wanted to talk about myself. And so I don't know, like I'd interview Hillary Duff, let's say. And it would be more of like a conversation back and forth. It wouldn't be like a straight interview. And I remember Cosmo would get like super fucked getting mad at me like how can you spend the majority of your interview with Justin Bieber talking about yourself no Cosmo would get like seriously mad at me and um I mean I definitely was very good at wiggling my way out of it and I I don't know if now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, was it bullshit or was it the truth and now I'm kind of calling bushy 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 on myself but I remember being like, no, it's called disclosure because I took a communications course in college, not to brag. And the number one thing you learn about people communicating is disclosure. So like if I want somebody to tell me secrets about their lives, then I'm going to have to go ahead and tell some secrets about mine. It's like quid pro quo, Clarice, you know what I'm saying? It's like 
you give me a secret, I give you a secret back. It's like, and when you're interviewing somebody, especially a celebrity, they're so guarded. Well, first of all, a lot of times people are asking all the same goddamn questions. And it's serious when they would come in for interviews. It was like a round robin. Like they would hit like 10 different shows. So if you're not asking anything different, then why are people going to tune into your interview versus like another person's interview? So yeah. And I also guys know I have such an interrupting problem. Like when I interview people here, there's been a handful of interviews I've done on Taste of Taylor or even like in my entire career career if we can just like mush it all together where my wife's been like oh my god this was the best interview you've ever done and it's when I don't talk about myself (laughs) I shut the fuck up so I don't know I just have like so much to share and I just get so excited and I am in a place in my life now where I'm like bitch you're interrupting but I can't stop it I just did a podcast with Stassi for this week for straight up with Stassi and I kept interrupting her and I'm like stop it Taylor and you guys I just Once my mouth gets going, I just can't stop. It's psychotic. And also like we're on stage now and like I I can tell that I, so like I'm, I'm getting better at not like verbally interrupting, but I non-verbally interrupt. I like will hold my finger up like my turn now. Oh God. (laughs) It's so hard being so self-aware and taking such accountability you know for your bad actions because it's like you perpetually live in a state of just like oh the bathos oh god I'm the worst anyway this is why I have to do solo podcasts because sometimes a girl just needs to go 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 and like not have to worry about interrupting people Oh, so let me just have my solo podcast also you guys fucking love them and so I'm really here doing my solo podcast for you guys um Because in my mind, I'm always like, there's such a struggle. I'm like, this is so hard. But then once I start going, (laughs) well, honey, I'm off and I'm running. And then I'm like, I fucking love solo podcasts. So yeah, I promise to do more of these solo podcasts. I think I just also like need to do them to make myself perform better in my interviews. You know what I mean? Like maybe I can have a semblance of self-control if I just like get it out of my system with the solo pods. So anyway, hey girl, hey. Okay, so happy fucking pride. Cheers, my queers. Yes, it is the month of June, which means that I get to be out and proud. I mean, I'm always out and proud. If you see me on the Straight Up With Stassi tour, that's a lie. It's not called that. If you see me on the Mommy Dearest tour, you know my whole set's about being a big old lezzy. Um, But, you know, and I actually have to say that doing this set has made me more out and proud because it is like so sex forward. And as somebody who's like, I mean, you guys heard my podcast with my mom about the strap on joke, but like because of the way I was raised, even when I worked for Cosmo magazine radio, I still was very shy about talking about sex and kind of like my shtick was like, I hate sex. I'm asexual. You know, I have sex, but only because I have to. And like, I'm bad at blowjobs. And I guess that's like, well, obviously I'm bad at blowjobs. I'm a lesbian. But I guess that's like kind of still part of my shtick a little bit. Like, even though I'm talking about scissoring and dry humping and strap-ons, I'm very like, I don't want to. So actually, maybe I am not out nor (laughs) proud when it comes to sex, sex positivity. Like, it's interesting because I think, I'm very out and proud in my relationship, in my loving of my wife and like being a gay woman. But like I, I do, I struggle with being out and proud about the sex component. And it's so funny. I was just recently hanging out with a bunch of my friends and we were having like a very open um, conversation. I'm like literally starting to stutter because I'm getting nervous. A conversation um, about masturbating. (laughs) I couldn't even 
Sebastibating. <sighs> Deep breath. Oh my God. Okay. I guess I'm not a spokesperson for the gay community. Here I am being like, I am the gay agenda. I am making all women want to become gay. And like, you know, I am the best gay woman there is. I should be this poster child for lesbians across the world. And then I'm like, masturbation. So I don't masturbate. And uh, we were recently hanging out with some friends and we were talking about masturbation. We were playing Never Have I Ever. So embarrassing. Such losers. And I was like, Never Have I Ever watched a porn. (laughs) And they were like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, no, legit. Because it's very hard for me to do Never Have I Ever because I've done everything. Like my Never Have I Ever is like, Never Have I Ever done heroin. People are like, wait, wait, what? So yeah, I listen, I've lived. Okay. And not all of my skeletons are out of my closet, but like, like if they happened to fall in my lap and I had to address them, of course I would. But like, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, your girl, I've lived many a life. I, I, I really, I swear, like, I'm like the Dos Equis man, but a woman. I've done so much. I've had so much life experience just from like, honestly, all my living and failing and then like picking myself up and dusting myself up off again. So I'm really not a well girl, by the way. Like I, like nothing makes me realize how unwell I am more than these solo episodes. Cause it's just me raw, like fucking like no one to like make me stop and like have a moment to think and like catch myself before I say something embarrassing or like do something crazy and weird. Yeah. This is just, I mean, Tay-Tay unplugged. So anyway, where was I? This is how it is still in my brain, everybody. Like it's hard in here, but I do a good job of faking it. So yeah. Okay. So porn. So I have legitimately never watched a porn. There was one time that I was invited to a cocaine and porn party. And that's a real story. And it's embarrassing. Like Gossip Girl is real. Uh, I Because I know it because I actually fucking lived in it for a little bit. And there was a girl. She was like, I'm having my 25th birthday a cocaine and porn party. And I was like, she's joking. She was not joking. So I showed up and it was, um, it felt like I was going to get arrested. So we didn't stay there for that long. But I don't know what was scarier, the cocaine or the porn. <laughs> the cocaine was fabulous. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but like, I'm not scared of cocaine, but I am scared of porn. And that says a lot about me as an American. Man, I guess I am an American. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know everybody hates sex and will judge it along with me. So, you know, I mean, this is a very prude country and I am a fucking byproduct of my parents and my country. So, yeah, I've never watched a porn and I, but but technically at the porn and coke party, I did watch a porn because it was like on every television, but it kept like averting the eye, averting the eye, averting the eye, like no sinning here, pass the tray. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> or am I? So anyway, I just like, it's really just not for me. And I'm trying to think like, of course, like I, like I started to watch Two Girls, One Cup, but then was like horrified and shut it off. Like I think, and like Boogie Nights is one of my favorite movies. And like technically that's porn. And I definitely like, listen, I'm not proud of this, but like, I like Euphoria. I'm really excited for that show Idol to come out on Max, not HBO. Now it's called Max. I almost feel like I substitute porn with like super raunchy television, which is like kind of like porn. So same, same. But like, yeah, I've never actually gone like, I don't know porn stars. I don't know porn titles. Like I've just, it's just not my bag, baby. So playing Never Have Ever, I'm like, never have I ever watched a porn. So everyone's like, wait, what? And then they're like, 
well, what do you masturbate to? And I was like, honestly, I don't really do that. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, like, I genuinely, and this is not something I'm proud of because I'm in a loving relationship with somebody who does like sex. And I'm aware that that's a good thing to like sex. Although, and she's editing this, so I don't know why I'm whispering, but because of medication that she's on, she's on like, I don't know, like uh, anti-depressant uh, that she's on has lowered her sex drive. And like, honey, please keep this in because it's nothing to be ashamed of. And like, I really think that we as a couple, like we really teach the good word of the lesbian community. So I think it's important for us to be like honest and open about all this stuff. But her sex drive has like lessened a lot. I mean, she still like humps me in the kitchen and stuff. Like, you know, like like dry humping, like through clothes and stuff. She's just like a, it's like a quick dog hump, like, you know, just walking on by. Um, and that I can handle, but like full on, like, okay, let's take this humping into the bedroom and get the deed done. Like her sex drive has definitely dropped. And I have to be honest, I fucking love it because I have a very low sex drive. And so I think that the key to a successful relationship, marriage, long-term relationship, whatever is equivalent sex drives. Because here's the thing. It's like if two people have really high sex drives and those two people are going to thrive together. If two people have really low sex drives, they're going to also thrive because like they only need it like four times a year. Welcome to me and Wasbin's relationship. Now, but there's like people in middle sex drive. You, you're understanding the formula. I think I'm over explaining. But like I definitely feel like like when you have somebody who has a higher sex drive and somebody with a lower sex drive, it's, it's bound for disaster potentially because like the high sex drive is not getting enough. The low sex drive feels like it's too much. And then like, you know, they're just building up resentment about le- like lack of sex or too much sex. Now, the problem for me is I'm fucking obsessed with my wife. I am madly in love with her. She is my soulmate. She is my person. There is nobody like I literally can't even imagine myself being with anybody other than her. And that includes like stupid like hompath, hompath for like celebrity hookups. I don't even fucking want that. I don't want to have sex. Okay, fine. Maybe if James Gandolfini came back from the dead, like I'd be like, let's get it on. But like aside from that, like I really don't think I'd do a one night stand with a celebrity because like I have my wife and I know that sounds like really cheesy and gaggy and gross that like and fits my wife but like I really am so obsessed with her like the way she is my person there are no words the way I don't want to live this life without her there are no words so you bet your fucking ass that my number one agenda is for her to be happy like especially when it comes like I am ready to step up my sex game in order to like keep her happy but while she's been on these antidepressants, her sex drive has been low, which has been glorious for me. And I mean, I don't know, like she's she's switching her meds and I'm like, why are you doing that? And she's like, I want to like want to have sex again. And I'm like, no. And I want to be clear too. Like I love sex with her. When we first got together, it was incredible. I was like, I get people liking sex. But I just don't have a super high sex drive. It has nothing to do with me being attracted to her or lack thereof because we are so crazy affectionate. We snuggle every single night when we go to sleep. We kiss a gajillion times a day. We hold hands constantly. Like we are fucking obsessed and very affectionate with each other. We say very sweet things to each other all the time. So like our affection is at like a goddamn 10 plus. But affection and sex is different. I think we tend to lump them together. I wish we could separate them, but alas, like that's just the way it works. So, and, and you know, everyone's always like, no one ever, you know what's so fucking interesting? No one ever says like, oh, how many times do you guys kiss a week, right? Like people are like, how many times, of, how many times a week do you have sex? And it's like, people can literally have sex without kissing or barely kissing. Have you seen Pretty Woman? So I just feel like, you know what? I just want to normalize affection over sex because I actually think affection is 
as important, if not more important, than sticking a P in a V or a D in a V. I'm not talking a dick. I'm talking about the other D, but we don't use a strap on. So an F in the V or even like putting an M on that V. You know what I'm saying? Or like an L in the B. <laughs> an L? A T in the B. We don't do that or do we? But you know what I'm saying? Or like you, like you, you are a B on the T. You are a V on the T. <laughs> are you guys following this language? I hope you are because I think I'm doing a spectacular job. Or sometimes people put a P between the B. You know what I'm saying? Although never have I ever. Titty fucked. Let's keep it moving. So my point is though, she's about to get on medication and her sex drive is about to go up again. So I'm kind of like panicking because I want to keep my woman's happy, but like, I'm just not like a crazy sexual person. I'm just not. I would be miserable without affection and love. I remember when I was with husband, there was one time like very near the end where we hugged and it felt like I was, it was worse than hugging like a literal stranger. And I just knew that we were never going to make, because I was like, without affection, forget sex. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but without affection, you ain't got nothing like what's holding you together? It's just so lonely. Like I remember there was a point in our relationship where I was like, I am lonelier when he's around than when I'm alone. And that was such a tell. But I will say, so like my peptides for the weight loss going fucking great. You guys know I'm obsessed with the Manjaro. Also, my drinking is down, which also makes me so happy. Also, I think that like my obsession with food is like a total OCD brain thing and like also combined with anxiety. And now that's gone. So like I am thinking your girl is thinking very clearly. And now that I'm in a good spot with all of that, my doctor who I had on the podcast, Dr. Jamie, listen to the podcast. If you have any Ozempic questions, we answer literally every single one there. But when I went to his office the first time, he was like, well, once we get a handle on like the things that you're struggling with, like, you know, like weight and all that kind of stuff, because right now I'm on my peptide and then I also have like a fat burning shot. Oh, I have to go take my fat burning shot. But anyway, so um. I keep forgetting. Don't forget the fat burning shot. But like they're really working splendidly. But like he's not just like a weight loss doctor. He's an anti-aging specialist. So he's like things that we can do too are like helping with like cognitive memory. Is that even a phrase? Whatever. Just go with it. But like he can really help with like like there's other things that start to dissipate as you age and there's a shot for that. And he also mentioned that there's um, a shot for sex drive. And so I feel like that's definitely something I'm going to start to implement because like I said, I naturally have a little sex drive, but it doesn't mean that I can't get it back up. But um, so yeah, full, so coming back full circle. So when I told my friends that I don't masturbate, like I genuinely mean it. And I don't think I'm sounding cool at all. Like I hate that in this country, we are so desensitized to violence and we're so like squeamish when it comes to sex. I think it's a terrible, terrible thing, but I am like such a fucking byproduct of that right there in this country. And it's probably why I don't masturbate. I don't judge people if they masturbate. Honestly, if anything, I'm kind of like jealous of them that they even know how to masturbate. Like, I don't think I've ever from start to comply. I don't think I've ever started to and went to completion. Like I've definitely tried masturbating. My friend Nicole in college was like, you don't masturbate. That's crazy. Cause she's a perv. No, I'm kidding. Cause she's sex positive, which is a good thing. I know I'm aware. So she took me to the porn shop, which I was like, not well in. And she made me get a vibrator. Why we decided to get the cute little pink bunny is beyond me. And no, I'm not talking about like the rabbit. This was literally a little tiny bunny that was like, pink jelly and you're what's supposed to stick it on your clit and what like fucking fantasize about peter rabbit i mean what is that uh, i know in her mind she's like it's cute 
It's like non-aggressive. It doesn't look like a peen. It will work. But like it actually did the complete opposite. It made me feel like such a animal molester. I hated it. So she like locked me in my room and was like, don't come out till you come. Oh my God. Nicola. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> anyway. So I came out of my room and I didn't come. Okay. There's a fucking secret. Like I was like, I am not doing this like with an audience outside that is so bathos so that didn't work and then like years later I definitely didn't try to masturbate when I was with a boyfriend from college no way um oh god he wanted it all the time I was just fucking exhausted from him and then was binned I mean you think please what was I supposed to masturbate over Honestly, my Rolex was was actually worthy of masturbating over. I could see myself getting off on that. And maybe I did. But no, no masturbating when I was with Wesbin. And then when I was with Tay, I feel like maybe that's when I started to be like, oh, like, well, she like, not to be too graphic, but like masturbated for me. She like did it. So I, there was no need for me to do it. And we had sex like a gajillion times a day. But like, I guess as time tapered off, like she was more like, very like sex positive. Like you should like learn how to do this because it'll help me like be better with you in bed and you better with me in bed. If you like know what you like and all this stuff. And I will say being with a woman, the first time Tay and I ever had sex or like the first, like, like few times we had sex, I was like, Oh my God, I understand people liking sex. Like I genuinely thought everybody that liked sex was just like fucking stupid or a whore, um, or lying. But I realized that like when you're with the right partner, you definitely like it's a completely different experience and it was also the first time i realized that sex was also for me or like for me at all and that's not my male partner's fault in the past but like i definitely felt like growing up like sex was for the guy like men like having sex and like you do it for them and you got to keep your mans as happy and like they got to bust a nut and like you know all those romantic phrases and i just remember like thinking that like my job in the bedroom with a man was to get him off as fast as possible so I could go to sleep. Or, you know, like I, I really, if I'm really thinking back, I really don't think I ever had an orgasm by having sex with guys. Did I fake it? Yes. Is it my fault that they didn't know better? Yes, but I didn't know better. Hello, if I'm not masturbating, how do I even know that it feels good and what an orgasm feels like and how to fucking get there? So like, I can't even really blame the guys. Although I will, because they were selfish fucks. But like, it's really not fair because I wasn't helping them in any way, shape or form. So yeah, I feel like after like being with Tay and seeing like, oh, sex does feel good for me and like I can achieve an orgasm and like that feels good. I guess I was like more interested in like maybe masturbating, but I'm not lying when I say like I maybe have tried alone without Tay like five times and it never, I, and I don't accomplish anything. I think it's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I said that. I was raised Catholic. I think Jesus is in my head with his gorgeous six pack. Sometimes it's an eight pack, depending on the church. And I just like feel like Jesus is judging me. And I somehow can like separate the gay thing from Jesus, but I just can't separate the masturbation from, you know, the big J. But yeah, never have I ever done heroin, watched porn, and uh, like actually masturbated. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Natural Diamonds. Think you know diamonds? Ah, probably not as much as you think. Over a billion years old, the natural diamond is still very much a part of the present. Our engagement ring, the gift from a partner, or the jewelry we buy to celebrate a win sparks a lot of joy. 
But did you know that stone is connected to 10 million people around the world? From Canada to Africa to Australia, the impact of the natural diamond industry is huge, providing health care, building schools, and roads to remote communities worldwide. Your natural diamond saves threatened species like the African elephant from extinction and protects more land than Paris, London, and NYC combined. Each natural diamond promises a more sparkling future for generations to come. Discover so many more natural diamond truths at naturaldiamonds.com slash thank you. Again, that's naturaldiamonds, N-A-T-U-R-A-L, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-S dot com slash thank you. Naturaldiamonds.com slash thank you. And now back to the podcast. So I guess I really can't be like the poster child for gay pride, right? If I like can't even masturbate, like like you have to be a little sex positive in order to be like a gay icon. Although, although I think it's important for me to share my experiences openly and honestly. And I think there is a very wrong stereotype preconceived notion that all gay people are super duper sexual or um, I'm fine. I'll say it like sexual deviants, perverts. Like it's like, oh God, gay people, all they do is think about sex. Oh, gay people, all they do is have sex with everybody they encounter. Gay people, they're attracted to everybody. Gay people, they have sex with the world. And listen, our gay, the few gay shows that we have out there don't really do a lot to help that uh, stereotype from not being true. Have you ever seen the L word? It's terrifying. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, at first I was like, oh, I feel seen. These are my people. And then I was like, lesbians are terrifying. I don't want to have any lesbian friends. They steal your beloved. Like I really, it, it, it like the L word fuck with my head. Like Tay and I don't have a ton of lesbian friends because I think the L word scarred me. I think it made me scared that if we had lesbian friends that we were just going to like constantly sleep with everybody, which is ridiculous. Because if you think about it, like, okay, what are other pop culture shows that are about like young, hot, horny people? Hello, 90210. It's about everybody sleeping with everybody. And that's not necessarily indicative of like young, like hot people friendship groups. So I guess like the L word can't necessarily be indicative of like what all lesbian friendships are like. But even though I'm in the community, I'm in the club, I still fall victim to being worried like Darren Karp, very good friend of mine. I remember there was one uh, summer, a couple summers ago, she was actually dating somebody she's not dating now. So it must have been like a couple years ago. And her and her girlfriend, we hung out like quite a bit. Uh, we did like double dates and stuff. And her girlfriend was very successful and very pretty and very cool. And Darren is also very successful and very pretty and very cool. And I just remember like every time we'd hang out, I'd like say to my tail, like, you better not. You better not. Like I was very insecure. And even though I loved them and I loved hanging out with them, always in the back of my head, I was like, one of them's going to try to steal Taylor from me. Or one of them's going to try to knock on the door in the middle of the night and have a threesome with us. Like, or they're going to want to swing when we're in Andy Cohen's. FYI, we did a weekend at Andy Cohen's with them and nobody tried to swing with anybody that I know of. But oh, it, like, it makes me crazy. And you know what's so nuts? As I'm here in this solo pod, trying to be a good advocate for the lesbian community and trying to like, be the poster child for a lesbian lifestyle and trying to like dispel stereotypes and non-truths. I am sitting here fucking doing it. I am believing it. So I can't even get mad at the straighties because like I'm in the I'm in this world and I'm still 
guilty of doing this. You know what we call this? We call this internalized homophobia. And it's bad and I'm happy that and I'm happy that I'm doing it out loud because I feel like at least like if I can work through it, we can all work it through it together. You know what I mean? Work it through it. I can't even speak properly. But no, I really I just want to say during Pride Month that like straight people are as if not more perverted than gay people. And that is a fact. And I know it because you live it and you learn it. I, I'm telling you, my straight friends have way crazier sex stories and they do way more like adventurous sex things than any of my gay friends and definitely more perverted than me and my wife. I mean, my wife is a perv, but I am, I don't even masturbate. So yeah, I am here to dispel this concept that like gay people are just like hyper, hyper sexual people. Some of us are, and some of us aren't like me, just like straight people. So I'd really like to hammer home this Pride Month of 2023 that I am out. I am. I am an out lesbian. I am proud. I am. I am proud to be married to my wife. I am proud to be in a lesbian relationship. I am proud to start a family as a lesbian couple. And I am prude. Okay? Yeah. You know what? Out, proud, and prude. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to watch a porn. What's the point if I've gone 40 years without watching one? I'm going to sit down and watch one all of a sudden. It will make me sad. I'm telling you, all I'll be able to do is think about the people in the porn. Like, how did they even get into this industry? And like, are they okay? And I know, I know there's people in the porn industry that like, they're empowered by it. But there's also people in it that are very sad. And those are the only people I'm going to be able to think about when I'm watching the porn. And you know what? You can take your vibrators and your clit suckers. Yeah. A friend recently told me about a, a, a masturbatorial tool that is a clit sucker. And you know what? You could take that clit sucker and shove it up your vagina hole because I don't want it. You know what? Justice for the prude gays. I am sick and tired of this. Maybe if more of us prude queers started talking about a prudeness, it will make the scared straights understand that we're actually a lot more like them than they even realized, honestly, probably less perverted than them. Am I right or am I right? And then they would fucking stop thinking that everybody is like on this gay agenda because we're all trying to steal your fucking kids and make them have sex with us. I don't want to have sex with you kids. I don't want to have sex with anyone. And honestly, like when I talk to my friends that are like very masturbatory, <laughs> is that even a word? Like. It seems like such a time suck. Like, Jesus, like, I have a friend and they masturbate a lot before bed. You can't sleep unless you masturbate before you go to bed. I have a hard enough time falling asleep as it is. And guess what? All I have to do is watch my iPad. Way easier than masturbating. And honestly, way more fun. You haven't lived till you fall asleep to an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. You know what I'm saying? But like, I actually am realizing that my prudishness and my low sex drive is actually like a superhero power. Think about all the things I can do and accomplish because I'm not distracted by sex. Like people are always like, what's the longest you could go without having sex? Uh, forever. Like, and it, again, not affection. If I didn't have affection, I would be miserable and lonely and shrivel up and die. But like having to climax, having to release an orgasm, I don't know her. And like, isn't that an incredible skill set that I have? 
And again, it doesn't mean that I don't want to have sex. It just means that I don't have to have sex. And honestly, I'm proud of that. Like I would have friends in college that like just fucked a guy because they just like had to get off. And like, I do not relate to that whatsoever. And I actually feel bad for people that have to do that. Like, what are you, a dog? (laughs) And like, people are proud of that. Like, I'm proud of me being able to abstain as long as humanly possible. You know what? I just want to thank my mom, Babette Strecker, at this moment for teaching me my prudish values. And I will be teaching them to my child because there is no greater skill set than not having to bust a nut. Do you know what I'm saying? Listen, I am out, I am proud, and I am prude, okay? So if there's one thing you take away from this Pride podcast, if I can even call it that, I'm a horrible representative. If there's one thing you take away from this Pride podcast, it's that gay people, queer people, they're just people just like you, and their love is as fucking weird as your love. Love is weird. Sex is weird. You know a gay person who's pruder than you, and guess what? I'm going to be judging you and I'm going to be thinking of you masturbating. And guess what I'm not going to do? Masturbate to you masturbating. Want to know why? Because I don't need to masturbate. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this Pride podcast. (laughs) You guys, uh, what do I always say? You know it. I always say, please rate it, review it, and subscribe. Maybe not after this one because I only really want good reviews and like lots of stars. But yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to us podcasters. Literally, it's everything. And uh, if you like what you heard here and you want more of my crazy ass on a regular basis, make sure to go to patreon.com slash the Taylor Strecker show. It's a daily show on Patreon. And please and thank you. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Taylor Strecker. She's also on TikTok too now at Taylor Strecker as well. You guys, that's it for us. Have a great one until next week. Bye, girl. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.